Well, hello, boys and girls, and welcome to the podcast about action figures. But you know, it's a little bit edgier. You might even say it's a little bit extreme. And I know something about extreme because I'm the franchise Shane Douglas. Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, the gold standard. Tune in. or get you, you know what, franchise. Now cut the music. Welcome back to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. I am your host, Will the Thrill. And I am your host, Joe Static. Joe. Big episode today. We are super psyched to have this major episode today. Uh-uh. I can't wait to get into it, my friend. Yeah, this episode uh, is jam-packed. We're getting a little crazy. You know how we do it on this podcast. We're getting a little rowdy. I might light this room up. I might light this room on fire. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Whether you're listening to this in your living room or in your car, something's going to get lit in fire. (laughs) It's a jam-packed episode. We have a stellar interview with Matt Cardona himself, and we give him a phenomenal intro, so I'm not going to go into it too much. We'll throw out little hints in there throughout the bulk of this episode, but that interview was stellar, Joe, and... I just want to thank Matt, and I know you do too. Yeah. It was great having Matt on. I think we asked him some good questions. We kept the conversation flowing. It's awesome to have him on the podcast, of course. So yeah, I'd like to thank Matt for coming on. Yeah, man, it was a great chat, and I'm just happy uh, he was a part of this episode. I am too, and that's what we want to be here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. We want everyone to come on here. We're going to let everybody have their platform, and we're going to disagree with people. And we're not going to disagree with people and people are going to disagree with us and people are not going to disagree with us. And that's the way it is, man. We tell it like it is here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. We have perspectives and opinions. But before we get more into that, if you are a new listener, because I'm assuming we're going to get some new listeners after this episode drops. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. As we said, I'm Will. This is Joe. We just love wrestling figures here, you know, and you can find us on all major podcast platforms. You know, you have that Google machine. So type in Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast and please, please follow us and subscribe to the podcast if you like what you're hearing. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We've been beefing our YouTube channel up as well. Will, you want to plug the next live stream date? I'm psyched, Joe, because yeah, our YouTube channel has grown. Our YouTube channel has grown in a very short period of time. We're over a hundred subscribers. I'm super psyched about it. We have had two live streams. We did the Ultimate Wrestling Figures of 2020. We did the 2020 Pit List, which is the worst wrestling figures of 2020. And now we have a formal announcement. January 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be live on YouTube. It will be the Valentine's Day Massacre, baby. Uh Uh-oh. A little blood, little guts, a little bit of action figures, and we're going to tie it together. Yeah, and a little bit of heart and love, too. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of heart, we'll have a little love, and I think what we're going to have fun doing is we're going to go over some of the probably best wrestling figures that from notable professional wrestling relationships and storylines. Maybe we'll throw a dude love in there. We'll talk about dude gate. It's going to be a blast. 
I forgot Dude Loves Music, but I think it was something like that. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Oh, have mercy! Yeah, there we go. Super psyched. So go over to YouTube, guys and gals. Go follow us on our YouTube channel, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. I'm trying to get a new URL. We are eligible for a URL. And for some reason, YouTube, I cannot find a way to contact them. I'm sending them feedback. They're not responding to me. But we should have a URL, like a formal URL shortly there. So bear with us, guys. Again, type it into the YouTube channel, Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, and you'll find us there. And as Joe said before, we are on Instagram and Twitter at SQDCircleAFP. Again, that's at SQDCircleAFP. We do a bunch of fig hunts and fun stuff on Instagram, and we do a ton of giveaways. We'll be doing our 2,000 follower giveaway once we reach that goal, and that's going to be a little bit of the bubbly, baby. So don't miss out, guys. The icon. Oh, did you ever think Jericho was going to turn into what he's turned into? It's astonishing, isn't it? It really is. I, I mean, dude, if you think back, I think we, if you go back a couple episodes, you know, we talked about this briefly. You know, you go back to before he was in WCW, you go when he was in ECW, he was a main player. The man of a thousand and one holes, <laughs> remember in WCW, Dean Malenko. He always had a catchphrase. He always had a slogan and he always evolved throughout the years. You know what I mean? He came to WWF, the Ayatollah Rock and Roller, Y2J, his return in 07 or 06, 07. He's always had a presence and he's always kept the momentum going. I know. And he's just super fresh. But now it's the pain maker the and pain the maker. circle. And it- Le Champion. Le Champion. Demo God. I mean, you got to think. And we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, guys. So bear with us. But I, I mean, come on. Top 10. I mean, gosh, oh, easy. Put on maybe the easy top 10. I, it's just amazing. But, you know, from an era which we grew up in, like you said, seeing the Lionheart and seeing the evolution and the Jericho Holics Anonymous and and what was it, Ralph or whatever? Yeah, was, he, had, um, he had Ralphie. He had Ralphie out there. Man, I never thought it would end here. And it has. And kudos to him, man. You got to have a lot of respect for the guy. Oh, he's one of the best, man. One of the best. And you know how those Canadian wrestlers are, man. They're always up there. Yeah. And coming back in, we're going to reel it back in. Speaking of YouTube videos, I just posted a YouTube unboxing and review of the Mattel WWE Royal Rumble Target exclusive Ultimate Warrior. So that's live on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Guys, bear with me. I'm working on my script here. I'm not like a, you know, we're working through the kinks. You know, we're learning how to do this, even with the live streams. We're trying to get better with the video and the lighting, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought it was a good review, Joe. Yeah, I watched it back. Well, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. It was a solid review of that figure. You're a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. So, you know, I think that played out into it as well. Yeah. And Joe, it's an incredible figure. You got to have two in your collection, bro. Yeah, it's it's one of those figures, man. You know, it's one of those figures. It definitely highlights that set for sure. Oh, it does. And just the detail on it, even though there is a lot of reuse in that figure, it's just amped up. It highlights the set. Again, you look at the set, there's not really a bad figure in that set. And bear with Mattel, bear with Target. They're going to be on shelves. You know our motto here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, just be patient. Yeah, patience is key. You know, for the most part, patience is key. If you were patient with AEW Series 1 in the store, you didn't get anything. But uh, for the most part, if you're patient, 
you will find the figures. You know, well, actually today I seen that Brick Seek and Pop Finder are still down. So people are going to have to actually go out and try to hunt on the, uh, without plugging their codes in. Yeah, you're going to have to be smart, call the stores, go to the stores, ask your toy department manager or ask whomever's working in the toy department to scan that tag and see when they came in or see when they're coming in, right? And that's it. You got to do a little work, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I, Me personally, uh, I use them rarely. I never use them really, to be honest. I just go to the stores, you know, I know the times and the stores I go to so much. I, I know the days by now usually find what I want. Yeah, exactly. You kind of know the truck days and when they're going to get their major shipments in. And like you said, it just pops up. In the Matt Cardona interview, we talk a little bit about this. So stay tuned for that. I sound a little arrogant when I say like I find everything I want, but I do. I do because I do the opposite of what Joe does. I got to have it. I want it for the podcast. I want to show it to you all. I want to show you if you're smart and you know the codes and you make friends that you will get things, right? So that's kind of my mantra. But again, you can still be patient, as Joe says, and you'll find it too most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. If you're not using the codes, you got to like get your ass out there every day almost sometimes. That is true. That is true. All right, Joe. Well, I also just received the AW Unrivaled Collection Series 3 by Jazzwares. And man, this set is fire. I know a lot of people had a lot of negative feedback about the face scans, et cetera, et cetera. But what have we said about AEW figures since day one? Since day one on this podcast, we said you have to have them in hand. You have to have them up close, right in front of you. And for the if you can, have two or three if you want to get that crazy because having them in the box on card, everything looks different from the pictures online. All the stuff you see online when you have it in hand, for the most part, will. I think it looks different. And then when you take the figure out of the package, it's even better. I agree with you. And look, we are hashtag mint on card, hashtag mint on card for life here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. So what we try to do is when we do receive AEW figures, we like to throw them up on Instagram, the inbox shots, and we try to give the best angles and close-ups of the figures to show you what they really look like. So do go over to the Instagram and Twitter page and check them out. You know, we do the best we can to give you them the best inbox depictions of the figures. But like you said, you got to take these out. I get three of every wrestler that I like, Joe. I mean, I'm addicted to this stuff. I know. The last live stream, you had like 25 MJFs. You had like 67 Orange Cassidy's. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. I just love this stuff. For um, a Minocard collector, the Orange Cassidy figure with the plastic on the head kind of throws me off a little bit. It's unfortunate, isn't it? It's, yeah, I'm trying to get past it, you know, but I'm like, I get it. It's cool. Attention to detail there with the glasses on the face. But still, man, having that plastic over his head, man, if you're an MOC, it just looks fucked up, man. It does. It's tough. And it's one of the things we want to provide constructive feedback. And we understand why it's being done, like you said, because you don't want paint rub on it. You know what I'm saying? You don't want the glasses to, you know, get paint rub, all these things, right? So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. For the loose collectors, which are probably going to be the majority of people buying these figures, 
We understand. But guys, you got to find a better way because us MOC guys here, again, we just get trashed on these days. You know, like it's like, man, that thing looks bad. Not not bad, but it doesn't look good, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, eh, God, it covers the whole head almost, you know? Well, it does. So it's on the card. You're like, ah, you know, like, ah, tough. So we're not going to review the whole series here. The Young Bucks, Riho, and and Pac, again, I think they all look great. Yes. Does Matt have the bags under his eyes? Yes. Does Pac's scan and scope look a little off, you know, but when you get it out, yes. Riho's amazing. I think it's a solid fig. It's incredible in person. And figure of the year already, right? We're talking about it. I mean, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy have to be up there for contenders. Especially that Darby Allen. I It's a toss-up. Honestly, Will, if I had to pick one, I, I can't. I don't know. Because uh, maybe the Darby, but then I'm like the Cassidy. I don't know, man. That That's a tough one. But both of those figures are definitely contenders. Definitely. And just the, gosh, to get the hands in the pockets, I mean, and, and to ma- still have the figure look good without the hands in the pockets and not like, dude, ingenious. I, but this is what we constantly talk about. We're going to talk about it with the interview with Matt. We, we get in depth about it. Jeremy is just the godfather. He is just ingenious, man. Dude, he's put out in a year during a pandemic, three series of figures already, dude, with this detail and quality. Three sets of figures, like you said, with the detail and quality, and he just posted series four images are coming. Are you kidding me? It's it's nonstop now. Like when you listen to the interview, we're going to get into it a little bit, but that guy knows how to move. And the, the exclusives we didn't even mention right now. And the exclu- the rings, the, the ring, exclusives. the exclusive ring, the belt, the uh, basic ring, the exclusives, blood the brothers, sets. bubbly guys. I'm sorry. You shouldn't be complaining at all, and you should be thanking this guy. We're in a golden era of wrestling figure collecting, and Jeremy has just put it over the top. Mad respect to everybody at Jazzwares. Jeremy, Gregory, Magic, Kevin, the whole team over there is doing such an incredible job. And if you're worried about a little detail, skin color, or, or the face not looking right, or you got to get your head examined. <laughs> it's as simple as that, Joe. You know, we talked about that too on the pod. There's always people, you know, there's, they're always going to be complaining or this or that. And sometimes, even if a figure's perfect, I think people just want to complain and complain, you know, just to, like we talked about too a couple episodes back, you know, everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to give their review. And it's not always constructive, you know, they just want to push buttons and disagree. And meanwhile, they don't have any insight onto how to make the figure better or, you know, it's never like super constructive. It's always like, oh, this is that, this is off, this is wrong, this is bad, I hate this line. But it's, you know what I mean? It's never anything extra. Yep. And we're not going to give too much more away other than that, but we go in a little bit more in depth. In that interview, and it was fun talking about it. So this set is amazing. Go get it, guys. Get one or two. And from what I gather, actually, Target will have Series 3 in hand. They're a little late on the shipment of this one, but they will be debuting Series 3 in Target stores. I'm thinking end of January, February. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, my order just shipped. That's awesome. From Ringside, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just got the shipping today. 
Awesome. And you, did you get the whole set or did you get, I'm sorry, I forgot what you told me. Yeah, I, I got the whole set and I got an extra, got an extra orange and I got an extra Darby. We're crossing our fingers for you, Joe. We hope you get a chase. Yeah, I ordered those separate and I ordered the MJF separate too, uh, even though, uh, you know, you got the one for me. I ordered that separate and the Moxley. So, so we'll see, man. Maybe. Yeah. You know, look, you can never have too many of these figures. It's a new line. The value of them will always be there. The chases are fun. The secondary market for the chases are accessible now because they're actually going to retailers. People are finding them in the wild. I just got my one of a thousand MJF. I'll be posting photos of that shortly on our Instagram and Twitter pages. It's an incredible figure. Did I pay a premium? Yes. Did I overpay? No. It's minty, mint, 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 mint. I mean, this is this would be graded as a 10, as we were previously talking about. Go get them, right, Joe? Go support the line. Yeah, support the line. Like you said, it's a fresh line. The programming every week is pretty fun on Dynamite. You know, these figures definitely represent those professional wrestlers. And it's great. It's a great time to be a wrestling figure collector. Yeah, totally. And getting into being a wrestling figure collector, this has always been my sleeper, Joe. You know how over the hill I am for this company, Joe. Every single week I talk about how I have dreams of making sweet love. Well, I don't know about that with these figures, but you know what I'm saying, baby. Super 7. Oh, God. Super 7. Back again. Oh, my God, Joe. I love it. The Turtles. The Thundercats. (laughs) The Voltron. The wrestling. Oh, I love it all, The Toxic, man. The Toxic. The Toxic. Ren and Stimpy. We talked about this off air. The Ren and Stimpy figures are insane. We seen them up close when we did the Toy Con. They're incredible. Incredible, Joe. Guys and gals, they are incredible. If you are not getting Super 7 figures, you are doing yourself an injustice, a disservice, whatever you want to define it. But you got to get these figures. And look, we're not we're not getting anything out of this. Yeah, we're giving our opinions, but we're giving you our honest opinions and perspective because we have these in hand and the quality of them are... I, Joe... You can't compare it to anything else on the market right now in the, for this price point, you know? No, you really can't. I mean, it definitely is an ultimate. Hands down. The packaging alone, the figure, the attention to detail, the sculpting, the accessories, the choices that they make, you know, their strategy. Everything's just perfect with uh, everything they've been doing as far as the ultimate line goes. I agree. From top to bottom, whether you're a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, if you're, like you said, a Disney fan or a Ren and Stimpy fan or a wrestling figure fan, I mean, don't miss out on these guys. And what's great about it is, yes, they have a little bit of, of a premium on them, but they're not as high as a Mezco or an SH Figure Arts or, you know, these premium things. They're not as low as a Mattel or an AEW. They fit right in the middle there. And you know what's great about it, Joe? They don't overwhelm you. You know, it's not like you're buying figures every month. You're buying them, what, every four months, right? Every five months. So there's time in between your purchases, and they're not flooding you with a set of six to eight figures. They're flooding you with sets of four, two. You know, you're not spending a lot in a short period of time. It's spread out, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's spread out. 
You know, you could do the pre-orders. They're big on the pre-orders. And like I said, their selection's great. You know, I, the Toxic Crusader, you know, the Ren and Stippies I definitely want to get. But they're they're up in their game with their wrestling line. And like we also talked about before we started the show today, I think 2021, you're going to see some some crazy stuff coming out, that, you know, f- from their line. Yeah. Last show, I told everybody that I was in on the Gallows and Anderson. I did pre-order mine. So I'm in. You had a change of heart. You you are thinking about now getting both of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was doing a little more looking, you know, a little more research on them, you know, looking at the photos up close, zooming in. The Gallows especially. The Anderson, I'm still a little on the fence, but I feel like if you have one, you you have to have the other. So, yeah, from last week's show, I, I was like, eh, you know, I, I wasn't in. But this week, I'm, I'm thinking about ordering them, thinking about getting them. Yeah. And you know what? I did it. You know, look, we here at the podcast, we respect everybody that does what they do, wrestling figure podcast wise, in any podcast or any niche or review or tour reviewer, et cetera. We're not major marks, though. I don't think by any means. We like the podcast. We listen to the podcast. I wasn't going to actually get the major wrestling figure podcast ultimates, but I had to change the heart. I, I did what you did, right? I, I looked it over. They're pretty awesome figures, bro. It's it's super seven quality, man. You know, you, know. you go you go back to that. It's like having those in hand, they're gonna be insane. They're gonna be insane, bro. Insane. And, you know, again, you get them signed maybe or something. You know, it's just something really special. I don't have a Ryder or Hawkins in my collection right now, because as we mentioned a little later in the show, and as I've mentioned in the past, I stopped watching WWE after two thousand four to pretty much 2015. So I didn't have any connection to these guys. And you know that nostalgia is important with us. So it was kind of a, an era where just I didn't connect with anyone. You know, So that's why I don't have those guys in my collection. But you know what? I had to do it. I have to support them. I have to support Super 7. Yeah. And those figures are going to look spectacular when they're released, especially with all the accessories. You know, Listeners are going to listen to the interview later, but the attention to detail on those with the professional wrestler, it's going to be as close to the real thing as possible. Yeah, it is. It's going to be really their best wrestling figures ever produced, and don't miss out on them, guys. So what also pretty much set me over the top with this stuff was I just bit the bullet on the Andre the Giant. I finally got the Andre the Giant. Dude, I got this in hand, man. I'm blown away. I'm floored. Again, I'm just, when you look at it, Online, I was iffy about it. In person, this Andre the Giant figure, even, oh my God, dude, the jacket he's wearing, you know, with the tassels, like the cloth goods, it is one of the best jackets I've ever seen in my entire life on a wrestling figure. Like you said, you know, going back before you purchased it, we just didn't connect with that figure, you know, that era. But yeah, I, I could I could see you, you know, pulling the trigger on it. And even, Will, when you sent me the pictures, I thought it looked better, the pictures you sent me, than the pictures online. I'm like, here we go again. I, again, yeah. Even the head sculpts, right? Yeah, the head sculpts look completely different than the ones you sent me. The ones online, I'm looking at to order. I'm like, these look like crap a little bit still. So. We had a discussion. You thought that it looked like the FTC stuff close to that. Yeah, it did. It did. I was like, dude, this is... But yeah, you sent me, you know, just the pictures of the head, and I was like, wow, these look so much better. So what I'm going to do with for everyone, I wanted to do our next, well, we have two 
YouTube channel reviews coming up. One we're going to be doing, and I'll announce this, the Bruiser Brody by Adam at Junk Shop Dog. We're going to be talking about the line a little bit and the variant version and the regular version. In my next review after this, we're going to pop up there. I have the Mattel version of this figure. We're going to compare them side by side. Yeah, we should. And you will see, guys, side by side, the Mattel version of this figure and the Super 7, and how much more premium the Super 7 stuff is, you will see it in this video. And I'm telling you, you're going to be really excited. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Looking forward to comparing the two. Yeah, totally, man. All right, Joe. Well, before we get into this week's edition of the Gorilla Position, I just wanted to say again, thanks to Matt Cardona for coming on the pod this week. We really appreciate it. He did not have to do this for us but he's a really great dude. And we have so many different connections with the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast community as well. I mean, dude, I met you through Zombie Sailor, you know? Like, that was the bridge for you. Josh was, like, at the show with me. He's like, go see Joe. He's got an incredible table. I'm like, wow, Static Toys? I didn't know who this was. And so we have so much close connections. Mitch, the hustle man over at Hastel Toy, really good friend of mine, man. We talk all the time. Yeah, Mitch is cool. He's a great guy. He's talking to you. He he came to visit us at the Toy Con. Yeah. Stopped by, went out of his way. Josh is always super friendly when I talk to him online. Very, very friendly dude. Yeah. So we just have had, because we're all New Jersey, New York guys here. Yeah. Canik as well. So he was over at Toy Con and his buddy Ed, my hobby is better than yours on Instagram. Those guys are good friends and you know, we're connected with you know with them and we're friends with them. Yeah, Ed's 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 super cool. You know, even online, just the interactions with Ed and you know, his posts and stuff. Ed's Ed's a really nice guy. Yeah, and he's like a huge supporter of our podcast and what we're doing. He's a huge supporter of the major wrestling figure podcast. And then you know, the biggest major mark of them all, Joe Vin, you know, he's the guy that proposed at the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast live event over in, in New York City or Long Island. He's a good friend of mine as well. We're always talking figs. He's a huge supporter of our podcast too. So I kind of wanted to give everybody a little idea of like how this all unfolded, you know, because people are like probably going to be like, well, who are these guys and how did this all unfold? Yeah, starting with, you know, Hustle Man Mitch, you know, um, you know, I want to go visit his shop. We we talk online. He's bought a couple of things from me. He bought a couple of things from me at the Toy Con, which I hooked him up with. Very easy going, you know, and he he remembers that. We you know, we talk about that stuff. Same thing with Josh, Zombie Sailor. Josh has always been super cool. We've talked online, we've talked about family stuff. So yeah, yeah, we, these people are all uh, connected and friendly and just a community of everybody, you know, being friendly and just helping each other out. Totally, man. That's what we're all about here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. So for all our new listeners out there that are checking out the podcast this week, thank you so much for listening in. And we're going to get right into this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. I can feel electricity in the air. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. And really quick, it's really simple here, guys. The Gorilla Position is our take on a topic in the wrestling figure community, an important topic of discussion, and we give you our take on it. You know, this is really to pay homage to Gorilla Monsoon and the Gorilla Position. We like to give you a topic of discussion that's super fire right now and give you our take on it. And geez, Joe, Mattel WWE Retro Figures, hashtag we want retros, has been on fire since they stopped producing them. Yes, yeah, since they stopped producing Series 10, 
which Series 10 is actually, obviously, is the one that's gone up in value. Go figure. Yeah, we wanted to cover that this week. You know, like you said, the Gorilla Position, we do updated stuff. We go back. We do retrospective stuff. New figure lines coming out. And it's our take and our position on the line as a whole. This will tie back. You know, we had a little brief discussion if you go back and listen to last week's episode. So we're going to give our full take this week in the Gorilla Position on WWE Mattel retro figures. Yeah, so the big question is really, should the retro line come back? You know, like Joe mentioned last week, we talked about, I mean, you have Chella Toys doing retro Hasbro style figures. You have Zombie Sailor with his new retro slash Hasbro figure inspired line. And then you have a plethora of new toy manufacturers doing figures in this style. You still have Mattel even saying, well, you never know. It could happen again. It's not off the table. So really, Joe, what do you think? Should it come back? Me being a fan of the retro line, you know, I kept up to date with each set as it came out. So I was a fan, you know, just by that. You know, I got every set one through 10. Later on in the series, you know, the first couple series I found in the stores, but later on, you know, I'd always put my pre-order in on ringside, always get them delivered. But you can see, well, I think if you look back, series four, maybe series five, series four, of course, just over distribution. It was in targets forever. And I think that kind of killed it a little bit because then series five, you didn't really see as much, you know, that I, I think I ordered that. On, yeah, I ordered that on ringside. And then so on and so forth, you know, Series 6, Series 7, Series 8, you could find everywhere because there was just too many of them. So they're in 5 Below, they're in TJ Maxx, they're here, they're there. Series 9 is when they kind of, you know, pumped the bricks a little bit. You didn't really see that one. You could find that one in 5 Below randomly for some reason. And same thing with Series 10. I had Series 10 from Ringside, and then I found Series 10 in 5 Below as well, which is crazy. But my point is the distribution, the over-distribution on a couple of the sets and some of the under-distribution on the rest, some going to five below, it kind of became a mess in the middle and towards the end there. Yeah, Joe, totally. I totally get where you're coming from with the distribution. And yes, the overproduction was a huge issue. I also think selection became a huge issue. I think that Everybody got super psyched after that Series 2 Legends-inspired retro series, right? What could be the possibility? Yeah. And every guy that he got pumped because they were like, well, they're going to do Diesel. They're going to do this. They're going to do stuff that Hasbro didn't do, you know, and it's going to be in that style and we're super excited for it. But as you said, after that series sold out, it seems like you were excited and then you got series three, and then you got series four, and then you got series, and then these series continue to be, and you'd get a legend here, or you get a legend there, or, you know, it just was a little odd. So I think they just continued to lose steam. The overproduction was an issue because they thought it was going to resonate with kids, which I think was a bad strategy. So they tried to pull in a new demographic and Kids these days don't want that style of figure. I'm sorry. They want these elite scaled style figures, you know, or basics that are all scaled. I think there were a lot of problems and a lot of issues with distribution, with overproduction, with selection, with the demographic that they were trying to get. Yeah. If you look back on Series 7 too, well, Series 7, I mean, you could find that in every Walmart. Exactly. And it's not a hot series. 
I think what also is a problem, even at Rinside Collectibles, I mean, they had these figures this year still. That showed you the wrestler selection wasn't key to the collector demographic that want these figures. And that's the key to it all, I think. It's the collector demographic that wants these figures. Why? We're nostalgic. We grew up in the Hasbro era. We want to add these to our Hasbro collections. Yeah, we do. That should have been the target. Like you said, well, the selection started getting a little weird. Even the set with um, Nakamura. You know, you get a Nakamura. Use this as an example. I'm like, okay, cool. You get a Daniel Bryan, which I feel like people didn't really want. You get a Bray Wyatt, and then you get, a for some reason, a red NWO sting, Wolfpack sting. That started throwing it off a little bit. And then even Series uh, 7, you know, the, the killer of the series, you get that screwed up Shawn Michaels, a Kurt Angle nobody wants, Sheamus, for some odd reason. The Chris Jerk was kind of cool. And then Series 8, same thing. It's just an odd mix Series 9 and 10, they definitely picked it back up. But then again, that was uh, the line was already kind of fading away. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was dead by then. You know, let's yeah. be honest. I don't know why the five belows had those, but. And by then, Walmart pulled the plug because they lost all this money on this stuff. And they never pulled in that younger demographic. The younger people didn't want these figures. Again, what's your target audience? You have to identify it. And then you create the line based on the needs and wants of that target audience. So the overall question is, do I want the retro lines back? I think I want them back. I would buy them if it made sense. What about you? Same here. If the retro series came back, you know, they continued with series 11. I think it would have to be, I don't know about stores anymore. Maybe an online only, maybe ringside. Maybe uh, another online retailer. I think that maybe could work for the collectors, the wrestling figure collectors, the, you know, the, the hardcore ones that like this style of figure. I think maybe they can go that route. I think so, too. I think it would make perfect sense. Entertainment Earth, Big Bad Toy Store, Ringside Collectibles. Yeah, something along those lines. And honestly, it's a tough question, Will, but coming back, I mean, who would you put in your Series 11? There's so many figures coming out, you know, like you mentioned before, other figures that aren't in the WWE retros, retro this, retro that. It's going to be a tough time coming out with a new series. I think it would be a tough time coming out with a new series, but I like what Mattel is doing with Ultimate Edition right now. I mean, Ultimate Edition, to be honest with you, I thought was on its way out. I think we all thought it was on its way out, but they stepped back. They looked at what they were doing. They knew the selection needed to change. They knew they needed to bring bigger names back into the fold. And now it's back and it's better than ever. So you know what I would do with Retros? Keep it as either a two-figure set like Ultimate Edition or a four-figure set and do one and one. One Retro, one Current. Do NXT people. Do two Current, two Retro. Something like that. And I'd make it small. I'd make it available to these online retailers and pick big names, Joe. Big names. I still think, Will, too, they should mix in the female wrestlers a little bit as well. Yeah, it's fair game. Charlotte, if you want to go retro, Lita, stuff like that. Yeah, this is just me going, you know, old school. They could do it. Uh, you know, they did a Alondra Please Mattel uh, Elite. They can always do her in retro form. I don't know if anybody would buy that. 
you know, something along those lines, maybe go back a little old school. Yeah, you could go to 90s, 90 to 95 too. Do Razor. Yeah, yeah, do Razor again. Why not? I mean, they're doing it with other figures like from the classic Superstar line. They're recreating them in Elite form or Ultimate Edition form. You could do, yeah, Razor or Brett. You could bring those back. You can't go wrong with a Hogan. No. Right? You could do another Hogan. You're telling me you wouldn't buy another Bret Hart updated? I'm all in. I definitely would. What about Series 11? We do Charlotte Flair, Hulk Hogan, British Bulldog, Bret Hart. Yeah. Boom. I buy all of them. Exactly. There you go. What makes sense? What's smart? Even if you wanted to throw a newer superstar in there, Fiend. Fiend, Charlotte, Bret, Hogan. Come on now. Boom. Done. <laughs> You're telling me that shit wouldn't sell? I kind of want Bu- Bukaki. No, I'm only kidding. What was that guy's <laughs> name? <laughs> what was that guy's name from last week's episode? Oh, yeah. He was in the Royal Rumble. Um, oh, I don't even remember. Jeez. Tanaka and... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you want, now you want this uh, in Elite form, Ultimate Edition form. It's like I want a uh, Dino Bravo in Elite form, Retro form, Ultimate <laughs> Right out the gate, you do a Hercules, a Billy Jack Hayes, and Outback Jack, and Dino Outback Bravo. Jack, and you get Adrian Adonis in there. Adrian, no, I want Adrian Adonis. Stop, that's a <laughs> dude. Adrian, Adrian Elite, give me the, give me all the Adrian Adonis, man. I'll, I'll take them all. He's such a great wrestler and, and a great promo guy. He's underrated. He could actually cut a promo. You know, some of these guys like Billy Jack and, you know, even- nah, Billy Jack's out of his fucking mind. Dino was all right, but like, you know, like Hercules wasn't the best on the mic, guys. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> nah, Her- Hercules, Hercules was crap on the mic. Adrian's one of those rare professional wrestlers. He's great on the mic. He had a fun gimmick and he only has one wrestling figure. I know, I know. Insanity, man. It's a great figure. Great figure. Yeah. Well, if they're bringing back a lot of this, you know, 70s and 80s stuff, that's one I would like to see. But anyway, as we move on. So that's it, guys. We're not going to go on too much more about this. What's our position, Joe? We want the retros back too. So we're going to get on the movement. Hashtag we want retros. And I actually like what Zombie's doing, kind of doing the more updated, kind of more lifelike sculpting. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Mattel kind of does. Well, he's got the double R on that, man. You know, I mean, that's going to be- double R. Uh... Oh my God. What the, at least the drawings. You'll find out what that means a little later in this episode. But yeah, we want the retros as well. We would buy them if the selection makes sense. If it's nostalgic, if it connects with us, we're going to buy them from Mattel, from Zobby Sailor, from whoever makes them. Right, Joe? Yeah. And you know who just came to mind real quick, Will? I mean, if- kids i I, like you said i don't know if they're really kids or don't like this scale they're not really buying this but you could throw mcintyre in there heavyweight champ newer figure you could throw mcintyre in the mix of course of course look mattel knows this steve and bill have the plan they know what they need to do to get this done they have all the tooling though everything's there the molds are there everything's there you just got to create heads and and go with it and run with it and and make sure you can find the retailers that warrant enough purchases to make it accessible to people. But even then, I think they're a little too price conscious in areas. I don't care. I'll I'll spend $20 on a retro figure that is awesome. You know what I'm saying? I'll spend $20 on a retro figure that's awesome through an online retailer, guys. Mattel, Steve, Bill, get it done, guys. Get it 
done. And don't forget to tune in next week for another edition of the Gorilla Position. Welcome, everybody, to the, oh, my God, (laughs) figure of the week. For all you listeners out there that may be a first-time listener, this is our, oh, my God, figure of the week. This is the creme de la creme of wrestling figures. We choose a wrestling figure every week. We have 52 a year, and we enshrine them. We enshrine them to the, oh, my God, figure of the week, And, and this week, Joe, we have a first time in the line. We are going to be talking about the first ever LJN figure to be inducted as an Oh My God figure of the week. This is you all the way here. The OMG. The one man gang. There you go. The OMG is the OMG figure of the week, baby. Boom. Yeah, this is episode 28. We've done a handful now of Oh My God segments. Old, new, best of 2020 leading up. This is our first time doing uh, a figure from the LJN line. And who better to be first than the uh, one-man gang? If you listen to this podcast, you go back and listen to previous episodes. I talk about one-man gang a lot. I talk about Mattel doing a one-man gang. You know, I beat that to death. So he's going to be featured in this week's Oh My God Figure of the Week because that LJN is fire, man. It is, Joe. And, you know, when you talk about one-man gang, it's not a long WWF rung. Most people know the gang as Akeem, the African Dream, right? But look, Twin Towers, iconic. Boss Man, Akeem, the Slickster, a jive soul. What, what is, oh, I love that song. A jive soul, bro. Ajay, so bro. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna play it right now. We're gonna put it on here. You're gonna hear it. Well, I met this lady and I told her quite a story. Said I love her forever more. But the trouble is, I tell the same old story. It is just a great song, but the one man gang, 87 to 88, he made his debut in the WWF in 87, managed by Slick against Jesse Cortez. I don't even know who Jesse Cortez is, Joe. Someone he could pretty much beat the shit out of in squash. Yeah, pretty much, but that's okay. You need the enhancement talent, right? So get him over. Uh, He spent most of his early WWF run, again, defeating enhancement talent, extremely short matches, building him up to be a big, dominant big guy. And he was after 
getting built up as being like this big, unstoppable big man. He was main eventing against the biggest stars, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. So he was a great worker. And to mention, Gang was a major part in an angle regarding Billy Graham being forced into retirement. So it was amazing. I mean, what a wonderful run, obviously, in the WWF. Get the F in. And like you said, just a really cool figure as a whole, man. It's a great figure. It's one of my favorite LJNs. When you look at the line in general, I just love this figure. I love the one-man gang. He had a short run, you know, in WWF as as that character, like you said. You know, highs and lows there until he became Akeem. But this figure, going back to this figure, it's one of the best LJN figures, in my opinion. You know, the classic one-man gang gear, you know, the black the mohawk, you know, he's got the cutoff vest, the jacket on. They really nailed this figure in that LJN form. Like I said, classic gear. I love the pose, you know, Will. The pose with him, him flexing, the arms up. You can almost feel that that scream he's letting out, that howl. Besides this figure, you know, I don't collect LJNs on card. I never did. He's one of the only ones I would collect on card. I think he would be great on card, especially getting him graded. But, well, if you look at LJNs in general, he's one of the hardest ones to find off-card in good condition. Always has scuffs on him. Always. Yeah. It just shows you that when we were kids, if you were growing up in the LJN era, you were using the one-man gang to demolish Hulk Hogan, right? His paint would be completely messed up on the nose, completely messed up on the arms. Always. And, hey- just a great heel, right? Put him next to Slickster, you know, in that LJN ring. Slickster had that removable hat. It's just an amazing figure. And as you said, even I love the, the just the molded detail on this figure. The vest, the denim vest is molded. It has the buttons on it. It even has kind of like the fringe on the sleeves of the denim yeah. vest, which is really cool. Yes, it does. You know, it, it, just getting into like the detail of this, it's it's really cool. Like you said, the mohawk is really awesome too. It's molded on and it's great. And then you even have his iconic skull of crossbones just sticking out on the sleeves of his shirt, which is really nice. Again, a simple figure, but done extremely well and extremely accurate. And like you said, some of the LJN figures could be really cartoony at times, and not lifelike, but I feel that this, even in this pose, this just is like the perfect representation of the one-man gang from this era. It is. It's, it's a perfect representation of him. I think it really captures him in LJN form. I love everything about this figure. I love everything. The sculpt, the head, the the size, you know, the, the way this figure feels in hand. I just love everything about it. One Man Gang, he was a great heel in the WWF, and I think this version of him in LJN form brings the nostalgia factor big time. It does. It does. And I don't think a lot of people know this because, you know, we don't have we don't have these big toy rooms and stuff. We just don't have the space in our respective living areas. We have collectively you know, some of the largest singular toy collections on the planet. And to combined, we have probably one of the largest toy collections on the planet as well. And again, we don't want to brag here, but I have this figure in hand right now because I wanted to take it out. I wanted to feel it. And like you said, even having this figure in hand, oh God, it's just, it's such a great figure. Yeah, I keep man. Look, I keep, dude, I keep you you almost forget. You almost forget it's an LJN. 
You do. You kind of do because I don't know. It's just the, the quality of it is just incredible. And, <laughs> you know, we could have selected as our first LJN figure. I mean, we could have selected the Macho Man or the Warrior or the Boss Man or Haku and all these great LJN figures. But we, what we like to do the squared circle action figure because we like to look at the underdogs and I don't think this should be an underdog. And I think at times it kind of is. It's kind of a forgotten figure, right? I think it's kind of one of these figures that is in demand, but at the same time, you know, again, just kind of gets left in a wayside. This is one of the greatest LJN figures of all time, bro. It is. Hands down, when I think of LJN, I think of this one man gang. And one day, Will, I will add him on card to my collection. Because him on card, you know it's mint. As long as the card looks good. I know he's a little heavier, so you know, hopefully he doesn't break off the card. But I'll get him cased up. But yeah, man, one of my, if not my favorite LJN of all time. Ed, my hobby is better than yours. Hook up Joe here, man. He's looking for a one-man game. I know Ed had a one-man game for a long time on card, and the price was pretty good. So I don't know. I mean, I was I was almost thinking about dropping it, but mine is in pretty good condition loose. It's got a little nose snu- smudge, but it's not terrible. I, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not crazy with this. I like to have them in great condition or the best condition possible, but I don't mind a little patina. But yeah, Eddie, if you still have one available, hook hook Joey up here. It would be greatly appreciated. So yeah, you know, we talked about the one man gang. We talked a little bit about his career. We talked about what a prominent heel he was in 87 and 88. We talked about how this figure has such great molded detail, how it depicts him so well as a character and heel in this era of wrestling figure collecting. We talked about how it's just one of the most nostalgic pieces in the LJN line. And Joe, these are all the reasons that this LJN WWF one man gang is an oh my god figure of the week. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Collector's Corner. Hey, Joe. Wow. This is our first Collector's Corner of 2021. But you know what? Every time I hear that Lord Stephen Regal music playing, well, like Lord Stephen Regal music, it just brings me back, man. Yeah, it always it always brings you back when you hear that music. But the real question is, are you ready? Oh, I know I'm ready. And I know one thing. Our guest is ready because, Uh I mean, we have a very special guest on this week's edition of the Collector's Corner here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. He has helped the WWE Tag Team Championship, the U.S. and Intercontinental Champion. He is the reigning and defending internet champion. You may know him as former WWE superstar Zack Ryder, a.k.a. the $1,000 broski. The Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting, the president of Turmoil, one of the founders and hosts of the major wrestling figure podcast, Mr. Always Ready, Matt Cardona. Matt, welcome to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Hell of an intro. I think technically, though, the tag team titles that I held in WWE 
were different titles. So I'm really like a two like two different tag team champions. Well, there you if go. If you want to get so, technical, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to get technical, I think you know, you know, the tag team titles are so goddamn weird. <laughs> if you were to find a title history somewhere, I don't believe it's the same title. So technically, that's another title that I've held. Yeah. Yes. I and and they keep on growing, my friend. I know you you are holding so many titles. I'm running out of wall space over here. <laughs> Matt, with an intro like that, man, you you ever think about running for president? I was the uh the president of my student council in sixth grade, <laughs> and I am the president of FWF Turmoil, so I'm already booked. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, you may have to take up the VP spot with the rock. Call oh. up your buddy Dwayne, you know, and get in there. But we'll see. We can go on about your professional wrestling history. We can go on ad nauseum about your accomplishments in pro wrestling. But what we do best here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is wrestling figures. So we kind of want to dive right into it, give our listeners a little insight and history to the creation of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, man. Cool. Because it's so cool what you've done with the brand. And it does have a very Z true Long Island story feel to it. So how did it all begin? And did you ever think it would, you know, blow up to where it is today, man? Well, that's definitely a two-parter. I'll get the first the first part out of the way. I did not think it was going to be what it has become today. I did not think it would turn into a brand with live shows, action figures. I did not foresee that. You know, Brian and I, we've been lifelong wrestling fans, lifelong wrestling figure fans. And that's what kind of, you know, brought us together initially. You know, we met in wrestling school and we were kind of forced to be a tag team. But it wasn't until we both realized we were still in hiding, collecting figures that formed the bond between us and a bond that we've held for so long. And, you know, we never grew out of the figures. In fact, the obsession, if you will, just got worse and worse and worse. It got to a point where, you know... I was kind of hassling him for a long time. Like, hey, let's do this major wrestling figure podcast. That wasn't the name, but a wrestling figure podcast. Hey, we're talking about wrestling figures all the time. You know, we're, we're texting about it, sending each other's pictures. What if we, you know, just did a podcast and just talked for like 45 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And eventually he broke down and, and, and went with it. But, you know, if you listen to that first episode to what it's become today, we're, we're totally contradicting ourselves. We say that it's going to be short. We say we're not going to have different social media. It's the total opposite. There's too much social media. I have like three different accounts that I have to control just for the podcast. You know, we have employees working for us. We have merchandise, figures. We've had live shows. We have a fantasy figure (laughs) spinoff podcast. Uh, It's just out of control. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. But the work doesn't feel like work because it's it's fun. And it's something we're very, very passionate about. Yeah, totally. Like, I think... Before we move on here, it really inspired us. So I was like looking back what you guys were doing and I'm like, wow, there's actually room here, create something and to pursue a podcast and brand about wrestling figures as well. Because yeah, we are obviously one community, but everybody has a little bit of a different perspective on collect and opinions about collecting. So there's always room to have those different perspectives and opinions out there. So it really inspired us, you know, and I met Joe and I was like, man, you just love wrestling figures even more than I do, <laughs> you know, and, and beyond wrestling figures. So let's do this thing. And that's kind of how it all started, right, Joe? Yeah, that's how it all started. Because, you know, I do the toy shows and that's how we met. And I think the first transaction we had together were those couple LJNs I sold to you, the British Bulldogs. 
And then we kind of just went from there. You know, we kept in touch and yeah, we decided to uh, try the podcast out and give our spin, give our take on, you know, all the wrestling figures out there. Yeah, we want to thank you for inspiring us to pursue this as well. Well, that's great to hear. And, you know, you said it perfectly. There's so many different flavors of ice cream, so many different perspectives, especially about collecting. So the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, we were not the first wrestling figure podcast, okay? Like, you know, there was that fully posable out there. We've had our, our beef and our differences, but I don't understand why wouldn't you want other podcasts out there? Now, I picture it like this, okay? I love theme parks, right? I want to listen to as many theme park podcasts as possible because they all bring something different to the table. So I don't understand why anybody would not want other like, – listen, we're not, this isn't the Monday Night Wars here. We're not competing for the ratings from 8 to 10. You know, I don't understand – like I think the more the merrier because guess what? Let's say your podcast right now is takes off and it's huge, right? And you get all these followers and listeners – they're going to want more. And they type in wrestling figure pockets. They're going to find mine. They're going to find other ones. So I think it, it is one figure community. And I, I just never understood the beef or the tension. Like, well, they copied our show. What? Come on. That, that's like saying no wrestler could have a podcast because Colt Cabana had a wrestling podcast. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know what it is, Matt? I'm not trying to badmouth anybody. You know, we've been doing this a long time as well. Again, I'm not badmouthing anybody. They have a certain audience. They're very fully posable. It's like, that's them. And listen, that's cool. We have, yeah. we have a bunch of their just major marks, and I'm sure you yeah, have yeah. a bunch of your fans. What we're trying to say is, hey, we don't have beef with anybody. We really believe in that one-figure community. We all are one-figure community. So I hate the back and forth. And I see the tweets every once in a while. It's just like, I try not to let it get under my skin. I think we have publicly squashed. I want to say squashed the beef. We didn't have any beef. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we had no ill will or harsh feelings. But I'm just glad that, you know, you guys are starting some podcasts and, you know, there's, there's other ones out there and there's other social media accounts starting and, I, and YouTube channels. I love it because the more the merrier. And at the end of the day, we're all so passionate about wrestling figures. A two hour podcast or one hour podcast once a week is not going to fill us up. We need more. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah. We 100% agree with you on that sentiment. Moving on from the fully posable stuff and, and you know, obviously the greater community. And that's good that we address that here because I think it's on everybody's mind all the time. And I think what we like to do here is we like to rough it up. We want to ask the hard questions. We want to discuss the hard topics. We want to get a little extreme on this podcast. This is not your PG podcast. So, Matt, go ahead. If you want to throw a few F-bombs, they're not going to be cut out either. All right, man? Yeah, th you know? That's pretty much what we're trying to... We don't hold anything back in on the podcast. We don't really censor anything. We just kind of say what we think. And I think that's our little flavor on everything. That's great. Yes. So, Matt, we wanted to ask you, you know, you always wanted to create action figures. Did you ever think you would be involved in the creation of so many pieces? Um, honestly, no. You know, because I always loved wrestling figures. I, even, you know, creating customs uh, when I was in like middle school and high school. And, you know, when we started this podcast, like I said earlier, I didn't foresee the merch opportunities. It wasn't until Zombie Sailor Toys pitched us a pin. And I'm like, a pin? Like, who's going to buy this pin? And it, and it sold out in minutes. I was like, whoa, we're onto something here. And we're all about limited edition and that the demand needs to be greater than the supply. And some people don't like that. And I understand. But at the end of the day, like, I don't want a garage or a warehouse full of stop in paradise pins. I want 100 or 250 <laughs> and I want them gone. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, and we know you're into foam collecting, right? But you yeah. don't want foams in of your own stuff, like you said, to the ceiling. Right, right. <laughs> so like we don't we don't like stock in anything. Yeah, there's a couple of things we've done recently where we make extra, like a like a keychain or I mean <laughs> a condom. <laughs> but like those things are <laughs> little like extras that uh, when we do have like an exclusive thing, someone goes, Oh, I'll take this rare foam finger. Oh, and I'll get a condom too, whatever. So like we do have some th- and we have so much merch. That's the beauty of it. We have figures, we have pins, we have foam items, shirts, prints. We have different things for everybody. So I don't think there's anybody who tries to get every single major wrestling figure podcast piece of merch. There might be. I mean, I besides me, I know I'm one of those people. So we like to put out things for everybody. We're all about limited edition because that's what collecting is at the end of the day. Like if you want to collect something that you can just walk into any store in America and buy it, you might as well collect Big Red Gum because that's not what this is about. <laughs> It's about the highs, the lows, the struggle, and maybe like 5% of the stuff that we get were sent. And thank you. I'm very, very grateful for that. I'm in the trenches too. Even for the Ringside Collectibles Major Wrestling Fair podcast figures, yes, of course, I got the pre-production samples, but to get the real mass-produced ones, I could have gotten them for free. Well, I could have just gotten them, but I wanted to be on the website getting them, and I didn't even get them. I had to trade for them. I had to buy, you know, buy from a major mark. So I love that stuff. Yeah, that's the whole point. But like you said, there's just there's always going to be people like that with any action figure that complain. But I think the limited edition in that case works perfectly. And like I said, the people are always going to complain, but that's not what hunting and collecting is all about these days. No, and that's the thing. It's the thrill of the hunt and the highs and the lows. Trust me, like ever since I was a little kid, even to now, like it sucks. It's the worst feeling in the world when you walk into a toy store and there's nothing. And it's the dis- dis- distribution problems that Walmart has. But it's the best when you find something you're looking for, or even when you find something you're not expecting. And now with all these like vintage toy stores, you never know what you're going to find in there. So I just love everything about collecting the highs and the lows, because like the lows make the highs so much better. Yeah. And look, I mean, I find everything I want, basically, <laughs> except for Chase, AEW Chase. But that's another story. And it's also about being smart these days, because it's more or less not even a distribution problem. It's more of a purchasing problem, right? These retailers don't want to take on added inventory just like you don't because they don't want to have stacks of these figures in their warehouses sitting or then having to be marked down or sold to another retailer or discount retailer and then they lose money on it. So it's all about business. You know, this is is not the toy friendship. This is the toy business. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth. I mean, how many targets or Walmarts have you gone in and you see the stacks and stacks of the Ghostbusters plasma series? Oh, my God. Oh my oh, god! Well, I mean, those figures aren't that good. But let's 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 backtrack for a second. Imagine AEW and Jazzwares. They launch this line, right? Let's say they just ship out tons and tons and tons and tons. They're just warming those pegs, like enough sell, right? But they but then they ship too much, and they're on the pegs. Walmart's going to take notice of that. Maybe they don't want Series Two. Maybe they say, okay, we'll get Series Two, but we don't want three. You know what I'm saying? So I think the demand being greater than supply is incredible. Now. Did it suck not finding these figures for so long? Absolutely. I strategically go to two gyms in Orlando that are right by Walmart. So I go to Walmart all the time. And I was searching for these figures all the time, constantly. Because even now, like I'm still going because I, I'm a psychopath. Like I have the chase figures, but I want to get them again because why not? It's just to say I found it. You know what I'm saying? And I did this in the uh, the Facebook Patreon group the other day. Brickseek, I'm sure you guys talk about Brickseek. It said that they had them in stock. So I did like, a live video, I was going to hopefully get a chase and just give it to somebody in the group. Like, I'm not going to try to flip this or anything, but 
there was nothing there. And that and that that, that comes to the territory, you know. Not even if Brickseek says it's there, doesn't necessarily mean it's there. Maybe in the back, maybe somebody already bought it. You know, there's no perfect system. No, there isn't. And you know, you just have to try. You got to be smart. You got to use the Brickseek codes, the SKUs for Walmart, the DPCI numbers for Target, as we tell our listeners all the time. And it's about being smart and then getting lucky, right? Because like you said, Chase figures, they're one of 500, they're one of 1,000. Yeah, those are a lot of pieces. But on the grand scheme of things, when you have 4,000 Walmart locations plus around the US, not a lot at all. Right. So moving a little bit back to the figure area, would you ever want to manufacture like your own line of figures aside from the major pod brands? So you're involved in all these projects now. Have you ever thought of possibly starting a small toy company ever? And and like you're kind of doing it and you're kind of not, but like, what are your thoughts on that then? So I will say this, you know, uh, this year has been a whirlwind of a year, but you know, you take the good with the bad. I really think it was a blessing in disguise getting released from WWE. We don't need to talk about that, but the, the best thing is since then we have ringside collectibles figures we're already working on some but now we have more without the masks on because it was us all along you know before we've been really smart and had like luchador hoods on but now we were releasing them without that cease and desist likeness problem (laughs) (laughs) and the super seven like oh my god i cannot wait for people to get their hands on these i have the prototype the first prototype now mine is all glued and stuff like that so it doesn't move around but i have the ninja turtles the andre the giant i see how incredible the super seven ultimates are and you know to answer your question i see what goes into the costs for not necessarily super seven because i'm you know i'm not making the business decisions there for instance with mattel you know and obviously this is not mattel's fault they cannot get like superstar approval on every figure they be People would say, oh, I want to be more jacked or I want to be more tan, whatever. It would never work. But with the Super 7, we were fortunate to literally take the prototype and make a list of everything we wanted changed. And it was so, oh my God, it was so cool because like you see a Mattel figure or an AEW figure, these are toys at the end of the day, right? They're not going to be, these are $20 toys. What do you, some people expect like perfection here, you know, you're not going to get that. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But with these Super 7s, because they are a premium, they are more expensive. I wanted to make sure every little detail was different. You know, I was talking about the colors of the button on my jacket. I haven't seen the improved version yet, but I was trying to fix every little detail possible because I want these to be the best, most accurate wrestling figures in history. But to answer your question, I see what goes into the cost of these molds and stuff like that. I don't want to say that we're definitely working on a figure line, but... We have been talking about a figure line. I don't want to reveal much more than that, but I will say this. It is very expensive. <laughs> it's very expensive <laughs> oh my for, God, I can't for molds and stuff like that. So maybe the end of 2021, I don't know if you would see it in hand or you would see an image. I don't even know if we're actually going to do it. But like Zombie Sailor, he's creating his own toy line where he's using Brian and I as the first for his retro line. And I know the prices for those molds and it's expensive. You got to make that money back and then some for it to be worth it to you. And people are expecting 10 to $20 like retail. That's not going to happen because they're not ordering 50,000. They're ordering a thousand or 5,000. So the cost to get these made goes way up. So the cost to sell it, to make your money, because like I said, this is the toy business. It has to be higher. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because we had Adam of Drunk Shock Dog on here for a special one-off interview. And he talked about the Bruiser Brody and the production costs of that. And he even said, he's like, look, I'm basically make after the royalty factor, 
I don't make anything off these figures, at least this first run. And what I do with all the money I do make from my first run for these Bruiser Brodies, I'm reinvesting into the second set, right? Or right. Second and that Bruiser Brody is incredible, uh, an incredible piece. And I, I love it so much because it's not like some guy making some bootleg or using the name and likeness without permission. Like he went to the family, he did it the right way. And everything about it's the right way. It's in scale with the figures. The packaging looks amazing. John Lucas Reyes, we use him for some things on the pod. He did a great job on the card. And I was just blown away by that figure. And I can't wait to see what else they have coming out soon. Yeah, I heard from the pod that you do know, you have a little hint. I, I do have a little, I do have a little, <laughs> little hint. I'm not going to reveal it here, guys. Sorry. No, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. He, he keeps that stuff tight-lipped. Even when we have had him on, we had him on twice already. He doesn't give too much away. We'll just put it that way. He's such a good dude. I call him my Japanese figure whisperer. I don't know what the deal is. I think he lives in Australia. I think he was in New Zealand, now Australia, or maybe I got that mixed up. But any Japanese figure I want, he's able to find me somehow. So he's the perfect guy to do these popey figures. Yeah, definitely. And before we uh, go to our next formal question, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but we're absolutely excited to see what Josh is doing, obviously, with the Zombie Sailor line. Super pumped about that. We did hear from you on the podcast that Ron Rudat did do the drawings for Yeah, I, I don't know why Zombie hasn't made that public yet, but yeah, Ron Rudat did the drawings. So this is as official as you're going to get, baby. Th- that's incredible. Yeah, so I've seen the drawings. I think the drawing will be part of the packaging, something like that. But yeah, to get Ron Rudat to do the drawings is incredible. And then the sculptor, I believe, used to work at NECA. So this is like the real deal. He's taking this very, very seriously. I want to say they're like more adult versions than like the Mattel retros, because the Mattel retros are great for what they were, but they're very, you know, cartoony, kind of like Hasbro's are. But, you know, for instance, my my mold is my stomach, my abs. So if you look, like I have like four abs on one side and three on the other, and that's how it is on this figure, you know, because I did 360 <laughs> shots. Now, I don't know, poor so insert wrestler might get my weird abs later on. But for now, I know these are mine. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like that Jack's R3 line. It starts off, you oh, know, God. unique and then everyone reuses the parts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they definitely do. Oh, God. Yeah, you got to start somewhere and you got to save costs eventually. So it's again, like you said, it's a business as we go back. So let's move on here. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to our uh, next question, Matt, for you. We understand all your wrestling figure projects mean a lot to you for sure. The Edgeheads, upcoming Super 7, ringside exclusive major figures, zombie sailor figures, micro brawlers. However, is there a favorite wrestling figure project you have been involved in? Maybe something new? Mm. Well, see, the the Edgeheads thing was really special for so many reasons. One, it was my idea. I had been pitching it for a long time because Mattel, they started doing the, the interchangeable heads. So I said, like, why not do an Edge? And the interchangeable heads are edgeheads, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. And then you could buy one figure or all three. And I was pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And then like I heard through the grapevine like it was going to happen. But this is a bit before Edge came back. Then it was taken off the table. Then we got released. Is it going to come out? (laughs) So luckily it came out and it's beautiful. Now, under my Broski microscope, could certain things be different? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, beggars can't be choosers. I'm so happy so grateful that it came out because the first ever action figure I had was the Jack's Edgeheads, the Treacherous Trios. So it's fitting that the final WWE figure I had, at least for now, is, well, hell, I've been there for so long that now we have a flashback figure, but it's the same, representing the same era, the same night. So it's, it's a cool bookend, if you will. But my favorite so far, 
man, it's tough because the Super 7s are incredible. I think they will go down in history as the best. But I think the ringsides are my favorite because it was kind of nobody saw it coming. Nobody thought we could do it. And especially doing it while we worked for WWE, doing it with the hoods and being very careful about it. And now seeing what is going to come out with our faces and stuff. And these are supposed to be like, you know, a little throwback to the Remco's. They're supposed to look like bootleggish and cartoony. So like the detail isn't necessarily there, but they're not, it's not supposed to be on these. So, and I I really like it. I love that, for instance, we're getting that smart Mark Sterling out. This guy's going to have his first figure. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, we're doing a referee. There hasn't been a referee wrestling figure in years. So I'm, I'm hoping people buy this figure whether they hate us or love us just to use for the fig fans. So who knows? I'm just very excited about the whole process. And I love that, you know, we work with TTD wrestling, who is incredible. He's the, the backbone of the pod and anything that we think of, I'm very creative, but I'm not very artistic, if that makes sense. So I know what I want in my head, but I can't put it on paper. I certainly can't put it digitally on a computer. So I, I tell him what I want and he's able to nail it. Usually like, very minimal edits have to be done afterwards. That's how good he is. And the fact that he was able to take, really, he just made a bootleg wrestling figure shirt for us. And we turned that into figures. So the shirt came first and then we turned it into figures. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was one of the first shirts. Yeah. And it's so funny. You know, you took the words right out of my head. You know, when you talked about bootlegs, I know Joe's a big bootleg guy and he he's had a vast collection of bootlegs throughout the years. And those are really fun figures. I was unfortunate I don't have them because of obviously the limited supply and stuff. I'm okay with that, but they are really super fun as well. So that's pretty fun, Matt. Yeah. I mean, you got to love a good bootleg. I mean, there are some really bad ones, but I think through like, you know, the, I guess my nostalgia guys, some of those, like those manics, like that diesel for so long, we thought that was the diesel head. You know what I'm saying? So that like everyone had to get that manix diesel to make diesel customs or just put that with their fig feds. And then later, I'm the son of a bitch who finds out that's not the head. <laughs> it's cool. You know, like the, some of these are very, very special. If not, I think a Mannix diesel is more important than like a Hasbro Skinner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I, I love that. I love the Mannix set, especially the Razor. That's like my favorite Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah. Joe actually gave me a loose Razor he had. And thank you so much, Joe. And, you know, you think about it, though, that diesel... That's an original head sculpt, no? So, I mean, if you think about it, like it's special in its own right, right? Because... So it turns out that is on other bootleg figures. Okay. But it's original created by Mannix or whomever was the bootlegging company, right? Like no other people designed that head other than that for, for them, right? I right. Mean, and how- it's so weird because, you know, every other head looks similar enough, if not exact. You know what I'm saying? The Razor, the Sean... Adam bomb, right? So this one, we always talk, ooh, was this that unreleased diesel? Turns out it's not. But yeah, it is very special. Now, I, I don't have on the tip of my tongue what other figure uses the head, but it's out there somewhere. If you throw it in your Google machine, you can find it. Yeah. 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 I'm going to check that out and look that up. Awesome, Matt. Awesome. All right. So we're going to get to, let's eh, say, our last formal question here, but... What is next for the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast? You know, you have Major Fest coming up. That's going to be from January 24th all the way to the 31st. It's a week-long event. It's kind of like your toy fair, and you can tell our listeners a little bit about that. But can you share any other news? I mean, you told us a lot about all these figures coming out and everything. Really, in your eyes, where do you see this going, you know, as we head into 21-22? Yeah, so so Major Fest is something that we wanted to kickstart this year because By the time next year comes around, hopefully the world is in a better place where we can do 
some sort of live con, live convention. So we wanted to start it here first. And like you said, it's a week-long event, eight days, night seven. So uh, on our social media, we have everything that's going down. I'll just list through it right now. Like on Sunday, the first the first day, we have a, a Patreon group. I'm not going to sit here and plug the Patreon group. But in that group, we have a Facebook group, and we do something every month called Boozin' with the Toys, a big live video chat where it's exactly as it sounds. You drink up, and you make some bad decisions on eBay. And it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. That's on Patreon uh, Sunday. But then Monday on Twitch, our Twitch channel, usually our pods drop on Friday, and it still will this week, but the, we record it usually on Monday nights, and we're going to do a live recording of the podcast on Twitch, where Twitch I love because we get the instant feedback from people. We get to bring in their comments, bring people on, and I love that. Tuesday, the 26th, we have an interview with Stephen Robert from Mattel. Hoping to get some exclusive stuff out of them, not quite sure yet, but that will be on our YouTube channel. The Wednesday, we have the the Figure Wrestling Federation, where Brian and I rebook the Attitude Era with figures. Probably the most ridiculous thing going on in wrestling right now. But that is the go-home show to our big, quote-unquote, pay-per-view. And that, for the first time ever, will be live on Twitch. So, you know, we're not actually playing with the figures, but we're talking about it as if we were. And what's so wild is that we're going to get the fan interaction, like crowd cheers, while we're discussing this, that's going to be a lot of fun. Thursday the 28th, we have in our Patreon, again, uh, we have a flea market every every week. And what I love about the Patreon group is that these major marks, they just create things. Like, we didn't create this flea market. They, they did. And it's taken off. And every Thursday, people, they buy, sell, and trade with each other. But there's going to be a live Major Fest version on the 28th with Aaron Ortiz and the MWO. And then Friday the 29th, we have an interview with Magic from AEW Jazzwares. Talk about the AEW Live, which will be super cool. And then Saturday and Sunday is the the Major Fest event with the Fan Fest Q&A and the big Major Fest finale to uh, Season 1 of the FWF. But we will announce during that week, I think people have been trying to figure out exactly what we're doing. We're not going to reveal everything, and I'm not going to reveal everything right here. But I will say that the Major Pod Network will be revealed during that week. Read it as Major Pod Network, not Major Pod Network, if that makes sense. But um, we're very excited about that to grow the brand, almost a rebranding, because for literally the whole existence, it's been the Major Wrestling Fair Podcast. But now the Major Wrestling Fair Podcast will fall under the Major Pod Network. So we have some some cool things to reveal during that week, some new shows coming out. And of course, of course, there's going to be some merch drops. Some planned, some surprise, but I promise you, all limited edition. <laughs> of course. Damn, Matt. That's, that, dude, that's a packed, jam-packed week. Oh, my God. Yeah, it really is. And, and we're all about providing that content. And yeah, a couple of those things are Patreon only, but the majority is free 99, baby. Anybody can see it. Anybody can watch it. That's what we love to do. And that's the most beautiful thing about it. You know, as we uh, move on, we're going to do a little bit of a round robin with you. Just fun questions. But what you've done here, and which is really awesome, is you have a celebrity status. You're a professional wrestler. You have millions of followers, right, around the world. And you've taken it and you built this really, really awesome community. People are having fun with it. Like you said, you know, we don't have to hide now in our like rooms, you For know, sure. <laughs> we're trying to break that stigma. You know, I, I really believe that we're going to do it. Yeah. And like, we don't have to be like, oh, well, you know, 
oh, I, I'm going to get yelled at by my wife because I spent, well, you may still get yelled at, but I spent $300 on, a, you know, hot toys. <laughs> you know? But so that's what we love here. And yeah, it sounds like a jam-packed week and we're excited to see where y'all go. And again, like you said, I mean, like I said before, and we've said in the past, huge inspiration. We couldn't even fathom doing the amount of stuff you guys are doing. It's really a full-time job for y'all and ton of respect. But Joe, let's get into this. Let's get into this fun part. Like we don't, we don't sit here and be serious the whole time, Matt. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're, we have a hundred questions here for you, so we're just gonna run through all. We're just gonna run through them all yeah. real fast. Just, just PayPal me my fee, <laughs> friends and family, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's only a couple. All right. All right. Here I'm we just, go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, what I wanted to know, I had to write this down because I was watching it live on pay per view. It might sound corny, but I have to ask that I have you on here. What was that feeling like winning that Intercontinental title at WrestleMania on top of a ladder? You know, I said it, I said it in a promo that night. And, and it's funny because Dave Meltzer said like, oh, this wasn't the greatest night of his life. You could tell this is just a wrestling trip. No, fuck that. It was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a kid, his whole, I have goosebumps right now just talking about it. a kid, his whole life, all he ever wanted to do was be in the WWE. That's all he ever wanted. And to finally, after a decade of ups and downs and highs and lows, walks down that aisle for the first time to his own music, that's the win right there. Just That's the win. Walking down the aisle at WrestleMania, hearing my music play, not not Teddy Long's music, not like the generic uh, WrestleMania theme, you know, because I, I had been at WrestleMania before. The first one running in during the main event of WrestleMania. Then other times I've been at every Lumberjack Battle Royal under the sun. And then I was in a Team Teddy versus Team Johnny where I'm wearing a Teddy Long t-shirt. You know, so like I never really had like my mania. You know what I'm saying? So to finally yeah. get that and to walk down the aisle and hear my music play, that's the win right there. But the, the cherry on top, of course, winning the title, my, my dad legitimately hopping the guardrail yeah. uh, coming in. Yeah. It really could not have been written better you know you talk about wrestling storylines like this was a real life storyline like me beforehand posting a picture uh next to razor ramon and i'm holding his intercontinental title and then right after the match i make sure i know scott hall's there i go right to him and we take a picture and he's holding my intercontinental title like that wasn't written like no no wwe writer came to me like after wrestlemania 10 and said hey man <laughs> in about 20 years you're gonna win the ic test so go <laughs> beat razor ramon and hold his belt like that didn't happen. This was real life. And I think I think the people felt that. And I think, you know, the what, one good thing about my career is that the fans have stuck with me. And even when there's nothing going on with me, when I get that opportunity, they come right back. So I thank the fans for that. So to answer the question in a, in a long form way, it <laughs> no, was the great. best night of my life and best night of the career. We talk about this on the podcast too a lot, Matt. It's one of the, you know, we always talk about the IC title, especially the early 90s, Perfect, Heart. I mean, you name it, the the guys that held that belt. I think that, you know, when you were a kid too, remembering that and that brown foam title we love, that's our sure. favorite belt <laughs> of all time. That's our favorite belt of all time. But to, to hold the IC title, and I remember that moment because I followed your career and I had no idea you were going to win that match. And to have you on the ladder, you pull the belt down. Dude, it, it was incredible. But to have the IC title under your under your belt, you know what I mean? To actually hold the belt and to have your name in the history holding that title, I think it's fantastic, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Definitely uh, very, very proud of that moment. In my house, believe it or not, I have a toy room and I have a garage and office full of wrestling shit. But in my actual house house, 
There's no wrestling stuff at all. You walk in, when that office and toy room doors are shut, you have no idea what I do, anything about me. Well, at least not that I'm a wrestler, but there's <laughs> one photo I have, uh, Rob Schemberger, a piece of art of my dad and I hugging in the ring at WrestleMania. That's the only thing that I have to the public eye when you first walk in. So, you know, if the electrician's coming in, he'll see that. But he won't see, if you open the toy room in the office, he'll see way more shit. But uh, <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm very, very proud of that night. And it, it still means so much to me. And I'm very, very grateful for that that night. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I have a wife and two kids. It's tough, man. Like, just to get a picture on the wall, like, if you have your own toy room, that's great. But I, I, I know what you mean. Just to get, like, a picture on the wall. Or like I could sneak in a figure every now and then to hide like on the TV or on the mantle with our pictures. But dude, it's so hard. I just want like a detoff in the living room, but I know that'll never happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like the LJ, I'm like the LJNs are art. You know, we got to put these up. But yeah, dude, I know what it means. Yeah. At one point, Chelsea, uh, she made me a very nice shadow box and she put all my men on card Hasbro series, series one in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was hanging. Saw that. It was beautiful. It was like, it was like art. It was hanging in my living room. Uh, and then uh, my cats got involved with it, and it broke and shattered. <laughs> uh, luckily, the figures weren't destroyed, but that was it. Now, now all those figures are in my uh, my closet. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, it's so funny you mentioned your cats, yeah, because we're gonna get back to that a little later in this round robin. But next question, really quickly, I, and that's an incredible moment, Matt. I, I, I got to admit, I got to plead the fifth here or whatever. Or I don't know, plead something. I did not watch wrestling when you were wrestling. All right. Yeah, like I stopped after yeah, yeah, like, like Will, 2003. Will took a hiatus for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. like, long story short, my history was I was at every single New York event at ringside from 1990, I would say, seven and or eight to 2002. And... I couldn't get ringside tickets when WrestleMania 20 came around. And then I like effed the WWE, WWF. I was like, I'm never going to go see a event again. You couldn't get get tickets? Yeah, the day of at MSG. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. It sounds extreme. It was very extreme. And I was just like. Talk about being a bitter mark. (laughs) (laughs) I know. When he tells me when he tells me that story, I'm like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, I was part of like the tie-dye crew, the tie-dye guy crew. You know what I'm saying? Like we go (laughs) anyway. Anyway, move on. But yeah, great accomplishment. We'll get back to the 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 cats and the dogs later. Uh, my question to you though is what is one of your favorite pieces or piece in your whole collection? Doesn't even have to be wrestling, but it's if there was like, say you had to do a fire sale and you could only stick with one thing, what would it be? Mm, that's tough. I've talked at nauseum about that rhythm and blues, Greg the Hammer Valentine. That's like one of my prized possessions. I'm not I'm not a big Greg the Hammer Valentine fan, you know, and I have other unreleased pieces that are I guess, worth more money. But this one had that lore behind it. Like, did this come out? Did it not? Especially as a kid, reading that WF magazine and going to Toys R Us after Toys R Us after Toys R Us looking for it and hunting for it. You know, years later, you find out it was unreleased. But to finally get that figure from the magazine, that's definitely my my number one. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, it's so funny. We talk about those Hasbro rumors back in the day, right? I remember going to KB, especially when you saw the tugboat. Everybody thought the tugboat was going to come out, right? right? And then I would be going to the manager at KB and be like, 
did the tugboats come in? He's like, dude, I don't think they're coming in. And I'm like, he's like, I got typhoons. And I'm like, no, no, no. I heard there's a tugboat. Or did you see this, (laughs) you know, Kamala with the moon belly and stuff like that? And he's like, no, 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 man. I don't think those are going to ever come in. And, you know, you, you read things in magazines and all this stuff. And that was another one, right? The rhythm and blues, Greg Valentine. I mean, you, you've seen it. You've seen it on the card, you know, you thought it was coming. Yeah. It's listed on the back of those cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, that's awesome. I wasn't sure what you were going to pick there, but that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely up there. All right, man, we got two more here for you. This is a real quick one. Hasbro, Jax, Mattel. You have to pick one. Got to pick one? Yeah. Fuck. What's your favorite? If if the other- We're not even, throw, we're not even throwing Jazzwares in here. <laughs> no, 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 I mean- it's, it's too early. Too yeah. early. <laughs> I, I think right. I know the one you're going to pick, but I'm not sure. It's, it's a tough one because right off the bat, Mattel's out because I will say Mattel, there's no denying- they have the best wrestling figures in history. You cannot deny that. You can't. There's no argument. The best, hands down. Then you have to go, okay, Jax or Hasbro. If, oh, this is tough. If Jax ended at the Bone Crunchers, I would say Jax over Hasbro because that was my most, I guess, serious fig fed playing, you know, when I, you know, I would really take it seriously and like the internet just came out. So I was able to, download entrance themes and i was able to on the computer keep like title histories but then since you have to include every other jacks line and it gets like really watered down i will say hasbro over jacks damn i thought you were gonna pick jacks i i, I, I had know you pegged there. i know man i had you yeah I, if uh you know jacks did a lot of good stuff but there's a lot of shit in there too you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god too much yeah, we're just huge marks for that classic superstars land. You know, we just look at like the amount of time they had to create it and the amount of time that they had to put in to actually go out and sign talent individually and then, you know, again, produce it and then con- con- conceive of it. I mean, I think Jeremy is just I, I, the godfather, right? I, I, I don't think Jeremy Bedauer gets enough credit, not just from wrestling figure fans, but from wrestling fans, because... Before Jeremy Padauer, before the classic superstars line, legends were not celebrated by WWE. There was no merch. There was nothing. There was no throwback. Yeah, figure. that's true. There was that's nothing. True. And once Jeremy started, you know, stirring the pot and, you know, signing Warrior, getting Brett back, like now you can go to fucking Walmart probably and find an Ultimate Warrior t shirt in 2021. Right? When Jeremy, <laughs> or it's before hard, Jeremy, yeah. there's a self destruction of Ultimate Warrior DVD. The company blackballed them. You know what I'm saying? Jeremy, like Jeremy, is responsible for this. He got the ball rolling, and you know what I'm saying, 100. percent And now we have the legends contracts. We have the legends merch. We have the flashbacks in Mattel. Like this all would not have been possible without Jeremy. You know, I I I never thought about that. That that's very true. He he definitely got the ball rolling for that. And honestly, that's probably my favorite figure line of all time. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. And like just even with figures and the real life scans and stuff, I mean, it, it, he just pioneered, oh my gosh, everything, right? He set the foundation for not only, like you said, this legend stuff, but then the tooling, right? And the real life scans oh, and the yeah, more lifelike yeah. figures out there. And, and making these figures collectibles. Oh, with yeah, the chases and the chases, re- yeah, yeah. limited supply. I can't yeah. wait to see that AEW uh, Jazzwares employee. <laughs> Uh, Tony Khan or something like that. You know, like, oh, what God, a don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it's, it. Because it's definitely can... coming. Oh, 100%. you know it's coming. Oh man, he did it. With, I mean, he did it with so many. So real quick, he's just a nice guy. Like 
I don't know anybody in the industry where you can message them on Instagram. You can actually talk to them. He actually answers, Matt. Like we had him do a Q&A in one of our very first episodes and he actually answered all the questions for us and sent it back to us. Yeah, he's a great dude, great guy. I'm sure now if you asked him, he wouldn't be doing that because <laughs> now he's in charge of this company again where like he can't go on there and be, you know, he is as transparent as they come when it comes to this. Like is the head of Mattel, first of all, Mattel doesn't even have social media. Luckily we have guys like Bill, Steve and Robert, who, who are the yeah, boys? Steve's pretty good. No, Steve's great, 100%. But like, there's no, there's no Mattel social media. Like, what the fuck? It's 2021. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you, you get those random pictures. Right. You think the head of Mattel is going to go on and, and address the skin tone issues? No way. No. <laughs> no. And even the, you know, Joe said that best. The accessibility you get from Jeremy. I mean, I talked to him even just about Pokemon collectibles, you know, and he's very transparent and he's very honest and he provides you with great advice. It's just an invaluable resource if you want to insight into the industry and you want, like you said, the transparency and the information. Matt, yeah, he's not going to throw the kitchen sink at you because you know, there's there's a lot of things business-wise that he can't say. Sure, he's not going to give you all the new lineups. No. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Oh, I'm sure people have tried. Oh, 100%. Oh, oh my I, God. I, I, Trust I, me, we've tried. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. It's like the Dino Bravo situation. Are we getting a Dino Bravo for Mattel? No, oh, not. my God. I always <laughs> ask that. I, 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 ask, I ask Steve every Q&A, uh, Steve, can we get a one-man gang? But you know, I, I, he doesn't even look at it anymore. That's just a running joke, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I it's like the, how big is Batista's dick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is, too, I think, real quick? Jeremy, having him in that seat again, you know, I get nostalgia, man. We're, Matt, we're all about nostalgia on this podcast, man. We talk about that every episode. And I get like that feeling I had when I went in Toys R Us and seen Series 1 of the Jack's Classic line. I get that like similar feeling with him doing the AEW line. Like I'm just excited. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like amped up, you know, like I'm yeah, like pumped and up. I, and the packaging reminds you of the classic superstars oh all uniform. And I hope it stays that way. I hope it stays that way from beginning to end. Just like the classic superstars did, like the Hasbros did, the LJN, like uniform the whole time. And, you know, Brian and I, we talk about this a lot. We're not in the collecting business. We're not even in the toy business. We're in the nostalgia business. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because without nostalgia... Who the fuck would care about talking about figures from 1996 or 1986 or 2006? You know what I'm saying? It's all about those moments and where you were and, you know, yes, it just brings 100%. you back. It's constant. And, and reliving your childhood or rewriting it. If you didn't get that figure, you can get it now. And that's the best part about it. Yeah, exactly. So one last fun question before I let you go here, Matt. All right. Cats or dogs? We know. Uh -oh. We know prior to the dude coming in, you were a cat guy. But as you said, your cats destroyed your Hasbro thing. <laughs> you got dude there. He's a beautiful looking dog. What do you think, my friend? Yeah. So, I mean, I was never a cat person before Chelsea came into my life because she wanted a pet. And I said absolutely no to a dog because I just knew we didn't have the time or the energy for it. Uh, so I agreed to one cat, which, well, damn, he's lonely. We need another cat. And then like, <laughs> you know, Chelsea found this other cat that needed to be adopted. Okay, we have three cats. And then she really broke me down for that dog against my will. I mean, I love them all. I, I, I definitely think having a cat is way easier, you know, especially <laughs> yeah. like when I was oh, on the road time. constantly, you know, we can leave the cats for four days at a time, just leave extra food. And, you know, they go to the bathrooms by themselves in the litter box. Can't leave a dog alone for four hours. So uh, <laughs> I love them all equally. But what's easier? A cat 100%.
Gotcha, gotcha. So it's the better half that, okay, I see unfolded. All right. If you want a little, well, I mean, it didn't happen, so it's not quite news. But with Super 7, we were able to, you know, the sky was kind of the limit with Super 7. It's like, well, what do you want? Well, what can we have? Well, what do you want? Okay, well, wow. Well, can we have mini figures of ourselves? Done. Can I have like my $1,000 broski bucks? Done. The pod mic, we have dog tags. I almost, for a split second, came with Waffles, my cat. We almost came with Waffles, my cat. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Uh, it, 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 didn't, it didn't end up happening, obviously. But if there is a uh, a Series 2 or Wave 2, I, I want to maybe get Dude in there. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hey, British Bulldog's coming with Matilda, so oh, it only right. makes yeah. sense, right? That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and dude. All right. Super 7, H-A-R-D. Matt, you've probably seen the photos on our Instagram. That line, and I can't, and I'm just going to put it out there again. I cannot get enough of what they're doing with ultimates. Bro, I was I was explaining this to Doc Gallows the other day. It's like, dude, we are in the same line as Andre the Giant, the Ninja Turtles, and Mickey Mouse. You know what I'm saying? We're <laughs> yeah. all in the same universe. Same packaging, same name, same scale. Oh, man, it's 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 incredible. It, it's, it's super, if you will. Uh, and I, I think the figures are so great. I think what's going to happen is that, yes, it's taken so goddamn long for these New Japans to come out. I think when people get those, and then when people get the, the Matt Bryce, they're going to be like, oh, shit. And like these are going to be... Because the pre-order system is very complicated, you know what I'm saying? I think the wrestling figure community is not quite used to it, that the pre-order is the order. It's not like ringside collectibles where something's for pre-order, oh, I'll just get it when it comes in stock. No. If you don't pre-order, it's done. That's how many they make. So sure, companies like like ringside collectibles you know, still have the Matt and Brian, but that's because technically they pre-order them from Super 7. Yep. Once those are made, that's it. So the secondary value on these figures are going to go through the roof. And and it already is proven with the Ninja Turtles. So they did it very smart with Series 1, only had Raphael. So now more people are learning about the Turtles. When it's all said and done, the amount of like Michelangelo's compared to Raphael's are going to be, it's going to be like night and day. Yeah. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Will uh, Matt turned his back on NECA Ninja Turtles. He's completely all in on the Super 7 ones, oh, where, I, which I don't I, really agree I, I with. Pur- I purged he my sold entire collection. Of NECA. Ooh, I don't <laughs> know if I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, Except for the movie. See, to me, someone asked me this question. I think it was Smart Mark, who, by the way, can't say enough good things about Smart Mark, our producer. I think he asked me this uh, a couple episodes ago. To me, the NECA and the Super 7 are not comparable. They're not in the same universe because the NECA is the cartoon and the Super 7 are the playmates, which are supposed to be the cartoon, but they're not the cartoon. You know what I'm saying? So you can't, to me, you can't do one or the other because they're not the same. I agree with that sentiment, but nostalgia wise, I was looking at it. Quality wise, I was looking at it and I had just to make a decision because I couldn't do both. Sure. So I wanted to be like, because I, I mean, I collect G.I. Joe, I collect Star Wars, I collect right. wrestling, you know, it's just, it's getting too much. So I needed to purge one of them and just seeing like, we're, we're hashtag mid on card for life here, you know, mid in box. Oh, for life, so. you know that that's not my motto, baby. I know, I know, I know, I know. Let them breathe all day, baby. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, sometimes I get those crazy thoughts because I have a guy I work with, his name is Tom and he's always busting my balls. He's like, Joe, you're fucked up or. Joe, there's something wrong with you. He's like, figures, toys. He's like, you need to appreciate them, dude. You need to take them out of the box to do that. 
and he's always on my case. I do see that. I do think it's artwork. Like, for instance, the new uh, pack, Neville, whatever you want to call him, that the new AEW figure I thought was horrible seeing the pictures. Even in the package of that new head sculpt was horrible with the hair over his face. Once I opened it, it was able to appreciate looking 360. I really, it really turned my decision. I, I did a complete 180 on that figure just by opening it and looking at it. But I do think certain figures, I do think figures look great mid on card. Like for instance, I'm looking at, I have like a two detolfs with, with Zack Ryder stuff. And it's, uh, you know, it's all mid on card stuff with a couple loose versions in there. So I think the combination is great. And I think in package is awesome. But when you have as many as I do, and I guess this sounds like, you know, I, I, it sounds horrible, but when you have as many figures as I do, you can't keep them all men on card because you can't display them all. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, that's very so, true. So I think you got to find that that happy balance. And listen, like I, I'm a big let and breathe guy, and I don't collect for value. No way. Do I have I ever bought something to flip it? Yes, <laughs> guilty as charged. Right, it's a toy business. But for my classic superstars, for instance, everybody who's main line, like all those sets, right out they're let them breathe. They're they're Lucy. They're in a Ziploc. They're in a tote in my garage. But all those crazy rare ones, those babies are hanging up men on card in my toy room. Yeah. So I think there's a time and a place. A time and a place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know what? That makes sense too, Matt, because when me and Will did our live stream a couple weeks ago, you know, you see the images of AEW online. You're like, oh, you know, this, these look a little off. And then when you see them in package, you're like, oh, wow, these are great. But Will actually had a couple extra and actually holding them in hand, we're, we're like psychopaths. We actually weighed them <laughs> compared to the plastic of Mattel. And we, we, we were going a little too deep. But to have like the AEW figures in hand, it's a whole nother ballgame. Yeah, it's 100%. And like a figure like the, the Orange Cassidy really needs to be appreciated out of the package to see the innovation they did with the, the pants, where they did like the shorts where it looks like pants. And he still has the mobility and playability like he could do a super kick. Will it will it stay for a figure photography? No. But the, like I thought when I saw this, like oh man, it's gonna be like a Mattel, uh, like a hard jacket where you can't move the arms or get it off. But this he's able to do everything. So the innovation with the hands inside the pockets. Kudos to Magic and Jazzwares on that. Yeah, we agree. I mean, it's like you said, even with it in the packaging, they've got the because because they're so thoughtful, right? So they got the plastic over his face so the paint doesn't smudge or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, you have to take that one out. I'm just a sucker for this line. I'm buying two to three, depending on (laughs) depending on the I like the actual wrestler. So like, you know, it's just because, again, it's an we're insane, right? I mean, we're toy collectors. I so I sorry to cut you off. Like I don't collect current superstars. I don't collect my friends. You need a cutoff. At least I do. I need rules. You know, everyone, I think everyone has their own rules and that's the beauty of collecting. There are no rules. You make your own rules and you can change your rules. You can bend your rules. You can break your own rules. But my rules, I don't get current guys. My cutoff is 2007 when I debuted in WWE. Like that's when I feel like I made it in the business. So I don't get figures afterwards. Are there some exceptions? Sure. But the AEW figures I've been buying to A, I'm a broadcast journalist now i need to review these things but also <laughs> i want to support this new toy line this new company i want i want them to thrive i got series one two and three and i have one men on card also because like it's the new you know it's a new line and i want to have the first of that new line in the package forever or until it's worth enough where i can sell it you know I, i'm breaking all my own rules i'm holding this orange cassie right now like what the fuck am i doing with this thing <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> no, hey, we feel we feel this, but that's the thing. It's the excitement, right? We haven't had a new wrestling figure line. I mean, you know, yeah, there's one offs here, and there's smaller companies, but like a, a people are real going mainstream mad. line. Yeah, this is amazing, and to have, like you said, the Godfather, and have the collectability of the rares and the chases and stuff like that. I mean, it's just like super exciting for us, at least me as a wrestling figure collector. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Matt, I think we're gonna end it here. Cool. Joe, do you have anything else to say or? Uh, no, I mean, Matt, thanks for taking the time, man. I know you're super busy. You know, you got a lot going on. Thanks for taking your time to do the podcast. You know, when Will first mentioned it, I was like, you know, a part of me was like, I don't know if Matt's going to have time to do that. But if he does, man, it's going to be awesome. So, dude, thanks for taking the time. And dude, it was oh, no great. Problem, I, I, I love love having you here. I love talking to you, man. That's the main thing. Hell yeah, guys. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt. And again, if you want to plug your stuff, please plug it right now. Tell our listeners. They're they're your listeners, too. Trust me. I, <laughs> I They're following you, but you could do it. Yeah, you could totally do it for, for, for your sake, man. Do it. Yeah. So on uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, at the Matt cardona twitter instagram and i guess uh youtube at major w pod or youtube.com slash major w pod but maybe that youtube might be switching to youtube.com slash major pod network and i'm pretty sure those social handles for twitter and instagram are out there already so at major pod network follow those just uh stay tuned for more details on what's to come a lot of exciting things and uh thank you everyone for the support we really appreciate it Awesome. Well, Joe, and to our listeners, that's it. We had a very special collector's corner this week, and we want to thank everybody. And don't forget to tune in next week to see who's going to be live on the collector's corner. And remember, everybody, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is the gold standard in wrestling figure collecting.